It is the Lord. It's the Lord who is the one who is worthy of all of our praise. So take the hand of the person with you and ask the Lord to ask him to open the heart of the person whose hand you're holding to receive what they must receive that he may get the glory. Amen. I praise you for your word, Father. It is right. It delivers. It enlightens. It feeds. It directs. It transforms. May your word do these things to and for us today and then through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give him praise one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. You may be seated. Ken, if you'll play that for us, please. That clip. That, uh, that clip that you'll get used to looking at over the, over the next couple, three weeks. Um, for those of you that are just joining us, we are in a series called Ripped. And there are several things you need to walk away with. May you not miss one of them because every one of them is a key for your release into the fullness of what God wants. You'll need each one of them. We are in that season where God is changing everything and everything is changing. And you have to decide whether you're going to change and grow and become with it or whether you'll be stuck in the rut with so many unfortunate, unfortunate believers who, whose eyes have not been opened and whose hearts have not been flooded with light so that they are understanding what is the hope of his calling, what is the exceeding great riches of his inheritance, and what is his exceeding great power toward us who believe. Those three things, if you don't know that, then you are shortcut. But if you do, if you do, everything, everything in your life will change. Thank you.
They broke their legs so they couldn't push up and breathe. supposed to keep them alive as long as possible. So the very act that they were in was shortened by the earthquake. The idea of crucifixion is to make you hurt the worst you can hurt and live as long as you can take it. But because he was already dead, the scriptures were fulfilled. None of his bones were broken. Because God the Father was overseeing the breaking of his heart, which is what I didn't tell you the last time I was with you. For grace's sake, the number five, for grace's sake, there were five things that were ripped because of God's love for you. First, his heart. His heart was broken. What do you say? How, you can, how can you say the Father's heart was broken? Because John 10 and 30 makes it very clear. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. We are the same in the sense of oneness. So you couldn't do anything to Jesus that you didn't do to the Father. Anybody remember the movie, movie The Shack? Anybody seen the movie Shack? Remember when, uh, when, uh, when he was having a conversation with Papa and, and uh, he, was, he was talking about, you abandoned your son, you abandoned your son on the cross. And, 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 and Papa responded and said, and showed him the wrist and said, don't you ever think don't you ever think that my son went through anything that I didn't go through. His heart was broken. Not only was that a ripping of the, of the father's heart, but it was the, the earth ripped. The, the, the very foundations were shaken, and that's why they shortened the crucifixion because they were afraid. Rocks were broken. Tombs were busted open. Some believe that the very altar they sacrificed things on was broken in pieces. Meaning, you don't need this anymore. It's useless. Something has come greater than this altar. His heart was ripped. The earth was ripped. And the veil was ripped from top to bottom. I'm so sorry you didn't see that. Do they have that clip? It was on there? You mean to tell me it was that quick? I missed it. Seriously? Okay. <laughs> Somebody's got to remake that movie. Yeah. Because of all the things you read in the scripture about the crucifixion, one thing you skip by, you run by, is just ripping of the veil because nobody knows what it means. But if you understand the scripture, you understand the significance 
the inability of man to rip that veil, but the Father's hands coming down and tearing it to pieces and giving you and I a sign forever. You can now come in to the very presence of God. You can now have a relationship with God. You don't need a priest to pray you in. You don't need bells and trinkets to please him. You don't have to bring animals and goats. You don't, you, you don't even have to bring, you, your money can't get you in. Lord have mercy. Your good deeds can't get you into that veil, beyond that veil. Only one thing could, and that is why his flesh was ripped. Because why would you rip the flesh? Because if you don't rip the flesh, you can't get the blood. If you don't rip the flesh, you can't get the blood. If you don't rip the flesh, you can't get the blood. And the blood is what's necessary to open the veil, to open the pathway to the heart of the Father. In fact, Hebrews chapter 10 says, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus and by a new and, by a new and a living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let's draw near with a sincere heart. The first part of the series was called Rest in Peace. And you need to get a hold of that because you can't rest in peace. You can't rest in peace unless you deal with your problems. How many of you have problems? If their hand's not up, go call the undertaker because they're dead. And if they died outside the Lord, they got problems forever. I thought it was awesome what Pastor Tiffany did last week. I listened to it several times, actually. Um, it, it, I was getting messages from what she was preaching. And it was so it was so incredible because she made up she, she she made this powerful statement, which is so absolutely true. That uh, well, I'm going to say it the way I I, I understand it. You, you, we're not to war for victory. We're to war from a place of victory. Rest in peace means to rest in his peace. And to be at peace is to, come on, have your foot on the neck of your, and many of us have not understood that. There is no such thing to, of peace without war. Peace is not the absence of molestation. Peace is power in the midst of being molested. And the first thing we want to get a hold of, and you need to get a hold of it, is you need to get God's peace in your heart. It passes all understanding. It puts you in the right position to achieve what he wants you to achieve. Because God wants to resurrect you in power. The second 
thing I want you to get today is God has provided power to resurrect you. In other words, to transform you and to move through you in such a way that his power is displayed and performed. Mm. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 through 20. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. Check this out. Check this out. Are you there? Ephesians 1, 17 through 20. The Apostle Paul is praying. I've mentioned this verse to you in class and in public several times because it's so crucial right now in terms of what God the Father wants you to hear and understand. Paul says, I'm praying for you. I'm fervently praying for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The riches of the glory of, of his inheritance in the saints and the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. So Paul, Paul says, there are three things you need to know, and I'm praying earnestly that God would do this for you. And what Paul is saying, I can't give this to you. God has to reveal this to you. I'm saying the same thing to you today. I can give you those three things, but to understand them, God has to open them in your heart. May the Lord use what's spoken to open your understanding so you will no longer languish and be without the light. He says this, I want you to know these three things and I want you to check this out. I want you to understand what is your calling. Look at your brother and your sister. You were called whether you like it or not. Tell them, you were, God called you. Everyone that, in fact, here's what, no man comes to the Father unless, no man comes to me unless the Father draws him. That's what Jesus said. No man understands, no man comes to me unless my Father's working in you. The fact that you were wanting Jesus meant that God was already working in your heart, drawing you to him, amen. He said, I want you to understand, I want you to know what is the hope of your calling. And I want you to, I want you to also get the riches, say, look at your neighbor and say, riches, some of y'all are afraid to say it, riches of his inheritance. Okay, I know, I know, I know, it's, it's, it's been belabored, but I want you to, by grace today, I hope you have the, the, the faith to hear it. God wants to make you rich. No, that's not good enough. Here's the deal. He has already made you rich. He wants you to step into it. Okay, I know, I know, I know, because you're so poor, right? Or you got, you got $3 in the bank now. First time you had $3 in the bank in years. And, uh, you know, you feel like, oh, hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all got, some of y'all actually got a savings, I know. Some of you got a 401k. Others of you, you know, you put a little way in the bank, you got 20 grand in the bank, and you're like, you're feeling like, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Because, you know, that, that 20 grand is, is really something compared to the, the negative 20,000, the negative 20,000 you owed before. Some of you, how many of you are out of debt? Raise your hand if you're out of debt. Bless, bless the name of the Lord. Thank, thank God for you. Thank God for you. You paid your house off too? That's great. Okay, you're not out of debt yet. But I know the mentality. If you have a debt, you know, you have a house that's got value, so it's not really debt. No, it's debt on the book until you get that erased. Hello, somebody. But how many of you really, you really would, you really would like a flow of more money? Let me see your hands. Uh, can, can you raise that hand again? And while your hand's raised, would you please look around? Because I want you to look at the people. Look at them and look them in the face. They got the hand up, they're grinning. I want you to look at the people who are agreeing to the problems that come with more money. So but the fact that you tell me you want more money, that means you want more? Yeah. Help him, Jesus. Paul said, I want you to understand what you're calling. Your inheritance is rich. And I want you to understand also, I want you to understand the power. You know, it's not just, look here, look at verse 19. What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? Keep reading. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. I want you to check this out. Because the word strength there, strength of his might, is a really powerful word. It, it's, it's, it's more than just brute strength that you get from lifting weights, and that has its validity, but this power is much more, well, let me, let me read you what it means. It's, controlling power it's the power to direct the power to determine the power to govern this word is related to master when you master when you get your master's degree it is assumed that your master degree means you have mastered a subject matter you have you have you have understood and contributed to a, a to a discipline of knowledge uh, that you fully understand and can use when you master that thing. Are you still breathing, Sam? This is, this is the kind of power that the Apostle Paul says, this is what God has directed toward us. It's the power to govern, to have, uh, there's another word that, that sometimes people shy from. It, this word, strength, means Dominion. It means as a ruler, you can you you make you make calls, decisions. You bring changes. There's a control you have. The Apostle Paul said, I want you to understand those three things we mentioned before. They are in accord with the working of the strength. The word is kratos. 
It's an amazing word. It's, whenever you see dominion in the scripture, that's the word, kratos. God said, I have called you, given you a rich inheritance, and released power which gives you the ability to control, to dominate, to possess. Colossians 1 and 11 says, we are to be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints with light. He said, this glorious might, that glorious might is kratos. I, I want you to understand there is a power that the Lord wants to give you and I according to his glorious might that we might attain to all steadfastness and patience with joy. Now those two words don't seem to work together for me. Is anybody here? Because if you're to be, if you're to hold steady, it means you're under pressure. Hold steady, under pressure. And then he says, well, I want you to be patient. Nobody prays for patience. But, but, but the Apostle Paul says, this, this, this might that God wants to give you, this strength he wants to give you, is a strength to be steadfast and patient with joy. Has anybody ever sat waiting for something to happen? You can't wait for it to happen, and you gotta wait for it, you gotta hold your. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you, 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 want, you know if you try to make it happen, you're gonna mess up. And you know, and yet at the same time, there's a kind of a misery that you go through when, you're, when you want something to, to appear or to happen and, and yet you can't do nothing but let that time go by. And you don't know exactly what all much, how much time, even when you know how much time, you know, it seems like the minutes and the hours and the days get longer and longer and longer and, you, and you're just patient. And then he says, I'm watching you because I want to know, are you holding in there with joy? Lord, have mercy. Raise your hand if God gave you a promise. It's been a while now, so it's tested your patience. Raise your hand. I want you to get a hold of what, what, what the Apostle Paul is saying. He said, I have given you strength, which is joy to which is the right attitude for you to hold while I'm working out everything I'm working out. Because when you hold the right attitude, when you don't have it and you're believing for it and you can't get it by your own strength, but you gotta wait for it, something is happening inside of you while you are waiting. And that, that thing that's happening inside of you while you are waiting, God is looking at. Because that's the thing that shapes your character and allows you to be able to handle the thing that comes so you won't mess up when it comes. Yeah. 
us have, many of us, we jump ship. Our faith gets shipwrecked because we don't have the patience. And when you don't have the patience to wait for what God promised you, you either act like God didn't promise it or he's a liar. That's what it is when you, when you, when you don't hold your position and remain steady walking in the way, in a way that pleases him, in a way that, 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 that serves other people, walking in a way that God is working in your life and even though it's difficult, I'm sorry saints, but God is not gonna remove all difficulty from your life. God's not gonna remove all problems for your life immediately. In fact, if he's gonna give you more power, I promise you, the only people that don't have problems, I told you before, they're in the grave. The only people that don't have problems are the ones that are in the grave, if they died in the Lord. I, I need, Lord, I need you to, I need to help me to rest in peace. Because I know that you raised me in power. So the Apostle Paul says to us, this is, this is, this is what he's working while, by the way, excuse me, he says, in accordance with his glorious might, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Colossians 1, 11 and 12, in accordance with his glorious, in my, his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks. Joyously giving thanks. What do you do when it has not come? What do you do when you can't make it happen on your own? What do you do when you're in misery and then you're in pain? What do you do when you're under pressure? What do you, what is the right response toward heaven? Come on, somebody help me. Read the scripture. What does it say? Oh, I thought it was up there. No wonder y'all don't know how to respond. All right, okay. Okay, read it please. Giving what? Giving what? Giving what? Thanks who? To the Father who has, come on. To do what? You can't get the inheritance unless you learn how to bless him and praise him and be thankful in all things while it's materially, while it's coming, while it's coming into being. You're going to have to decide to learn how to do that because some of y'all are very unthankful. The next phrase of unthankful, according to Timothy, is unholy. People who are not thankful, then I promise you, the next step is they're going to be unholy. When you are not thankful for the relationship that you're in, the person you're in, I promise you, unholiness is around the corner because you're looking at somebody else. Excuse me, hello. Hello, are you there? Hello. And he says that Thank you for laboring with me just for a moment. He says, look, uh, God has strengthened you with all. I'm praying, speaking to the Colossians. And by the way, they were going through persecution for their faith. He said, I, he said, I, want, you to, I want you to be strengthened with power according to his glorious might, Kratos. Let him dominate, have dominion in your soul. 
attaining to all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us. Look at your neighbor one more time and, and, and say, God is qualifying you to receive an inheritance. Saints, I need to tell you this, but we have not begun yet to touch what God wants us to touch and handle. But we have not been able to handle it because we have not, we have not allowed God to work in us. We've cursed our problem in cursing our problems. It's like cursing God. All right, keep going. First Peter chapter five. That's where I am. Thanks for finding where I am. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. First Peter chapter five, verses ten and eleven. After what? 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 I didn't write it. After what? You have suffered. I'm, so this, is, this can be sobering because some of you really have been suffering. Now, there's two kinds of sufferings. There's, just, there's unjust suffering and there's justified suffering. Justified suffering when you did something stupid and you're suffering for it. Unjustified suffering is when you didn't do anything stupid but you're still suffering. The believer, the believer, that's why Paul said, look, if you're going to suffer, make it for the right reason. Right, come on, come on. Nobody wants to talk about suffering, but I mean, some of you have been suffering and you've been suffering in silence. By the way, she gave statistics last week about suicide. This is one of the reasons why people commit suicide, because they're suffering in silence and they don't believe this pain will ever stop. Whether it's mental or physical, they don't believe it, it will stop. And so they decide to end it themselves. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't you dare end that suffering yourself. But rather, but rather, but rather, rather give thanks to God. Because I want you to know, he's standing there looking at you. And if anybody knows what it means to maintain in suffering, he knows what that is. And he knows how to give you strength while you're going through that. I want to tell you today that if you're, in, if you're suffering in your heart, look to the Father. He will give you strength. He will posture you, change your attitude. Quit your bickering and moaning and complaining. Quit treating people bad because you feel bad. Look at your neighbor. Said, He's, God is qualifying you. First Peter says, after you've suffered a while, you know it's so amazing because Peter, when, when Peter writes, he's writing to the church who is in the midst of suffering. We don't know what suffering is in America. We think suffering is no baby food. We think suffering is $10, at the, $10 a gallon at the pump. Really? We have no idea. You know, we in, we're in the world of, of the internet and the world of, 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 uh, of the cyberverse, or what's that, whatever it's called, multiverse, whatever it's called. Y'all know what it's called. And, and, and if, you, if you go in there and you see what's going on in other nations, you don't have a clue what suffering is. Wow. 
wherever you are and whatever you're dealing with, that you've not been able to change a breakthrough. I want you to hear this today. Because Peter says, look, when, after you suffer for a little while, look, check this out, the God of all grace who called you to eternal glory in Christ will himself. I want you to see what God has been doing and wants to do in you while you're going through this mess. Look at it. He says, he will what? He will, come on, perfect you, confirm you. What else? Strengthen you. What else? And establish you. Look, I, dive in here for a second with me. When you're going through and you're wrestling and you can't make it happen and you're just in that place and you're miserable, the Apostle Paul said, I want you to do the unthinkable. I want you to give him praise. I want you to sum up all the joy in your heart. And if you don't know where to get that joy, just think about this, what it's going to be like when God lifts that thing. Because <laughs> don't forget, the thing, that give, the thing that will keep you in suffering is to remember that he suffered. And while he was suffering, he knew he had to drink all that cup of the wrath of the Father. He had to drink every drop of it. And he knew the Father, for he and the Father were one. So he understood the judgment of the Father. But instead he said, I will take it for them. Even for a little while, I'll take it. Because I know what's about to go down when I drink the rest of this cup. Many of you have got to change your attitude. The tapping him and said, this suffering for a little while. Just, you can take it for a little while. Excuse me, let me clarify something. If, you, if you're suffering because you're stupid, you need to repent. See, if you haven't gotten what you want and you're, you're mad about it, or you, you're, you're stuck in this place, you need, you, and you just, you, can I help you? Can, is it okay? Can I, can I help you? If, if, if what you're desiring is more money or more material things or more resources, but you haven't been faithful with the resources you got. And now you're suffering because of it because you spent what you should have gave or you, you, you were unwise in your spending. You, you got to repent. Look at you and say, just, just repent. Just repent. Just get joy. Just start laughing at yourself and just say, That's my old, that was my old self. That was my old self working that. That really wasn't me. Father, <laughs> that was my old man working today. <laughs> and, and just repent. By the way, if you're, in a, if you're in a marriage and you're suffering this way, you got to repent to each other. And, and when you repent to each other and do what is right, if, if you do what is right, he will be pleased with you. If you do what is right, God will turn that thing around. Will you say Amen. But he said, look, listen, he said, I want to do something for you. While you're in this situation, I want you, I'm, the first thing I want to do, I want to, I want to perfect you. And this word is kartotizo. It's the word when you set the bone that's been broken, you set it back in place and you wrap it in place. It, it means to restore something, to prepare something. It means to complete something. God said, when you go through this, the one who's called you, 
to eternal glory, he himself, he, he, will, he will perfect you. He will confirm you. That means I'm going to establish and I'm going to strengthen you. It also means to fix something. Um, he said, I'm going to confirm you. And I'm, I'm not only that, I'm, when, when he uses the last term, strengthen you, it means to make you even stronger. To make you even stronger. So when you have been going, whatever you have been walking through, change your attitude right now so God can begin to do the things he said he would do. I'm going to strengthen you, confirm you, yes, Lord. I'm going to establish you, and I'm going to, I'm going to complete you. But he can't do it unless you change your attitude. And quit blaming God for your problems. They come with the territory. God uses them. Are you there? And then he, the, the apostle Peter says, he said, um, I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, by the way, this last word, I'm, gonna, I'm going to establish you. This word means, it means I'm, go, I'm going to, it's like laying a foundation stone. I'm going to make sure that what you're standing on will never move. No matter what I bring, no matter, no matter what comes, no matter what you go through, your foundations will be, will be solid. Some people, you know, they don't have a solid foundation because it's not founded in Christ. Their anchor is not connected to Jesus. Their faith is connected to circumstances and their emotions. It's not connected to the word of God, which is one reason why it's, you have a desperate need to envelop and to eat and to consume this word on a daily basis. Because when you do so, the Holy Spirit will begin to build what's called foundation inside of you. So your faith will not rest on that which can be moved, but it will rest on that which is unchangeable and unmovable, the living the breathing word of God. And then he says, <laughs> check this out. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 4. It, it, he says this, look, you need to remember something that, by the way, if you've never, if you've never enveloped Romans chapter 6, you should do so. Remember, remember, remember how many brothers remember back in the day? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that for many of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Well, but, well let's look at this. Check this out. No, check this out. Wait, 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 wait. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been what? Into what? Now, I need you to understand this because there's some things, look at your neighbor, look at your, look at him real good, there's some things and you need to die. Some things in you that need to die. And, and, and I don't want you to be sad about this because some of you need to be absolutely glad about this. Unbelief needs to die. Greed needs to die. Selfishness needs to die. Criticism needs to die. You, you, running your mouth about every situation needs to die. 
you know, you know, stealing, look at you and say, stealing needs to die. I say, I ain't no thief. Yes, you are. If, if, if you were given to somebody else what God said belongs to him, you're a thief. Are you there? So, some, look at your neighbor and say, some things need to die. So I want you to understand this, that, that the Apostle Paul said, we were buried. You don't bury anything unless it is. So how many of you were baptized? Raise your hand if you were baptized. Uh, in, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were baptized in the, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, you know, you can be baptized into a lot of stuff. You know, you could be baptized into the beer, the beer keg, uh, you know. You know, apple dipping, whatever, you know. But if you were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he said something, I want you to get this, and some of you might have forgotten it. In your baptism, there was a point, if, if it was done properly, there was a point, Fred, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you, uh, I need another, I need another, come Derek, I think, I think you, yeah, yeah, you're big enough, yeah, yeah, I might have called, I should, maybe I should have called JT, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, well, y'all, y'all stand facing me like this, so, when you're baptized, I hope y'all can hold me, because if not, it's going to be a hurting in here, amen. And, and they ain't going to get hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when you're baptized, if they did it properly, there was a point where you had to give up. Especially all y'all that don't like water. You had to give up. Right? And you're thinking, oh, Lord, I can't swim. But, you know, <laughs> you be standing back there to, waiting for your turn to be baptized. By, oh, Jesus. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Because, <laughs> you know, your brothers and sisters tried to drown you in the bathtub. You got a memory about that. So, you know, so you stand there. But there's a point where you love the Lord and you, that's what he said, be baptized in my name. So you say, I'm going to obey you. So you had to exercise faith. And you see, you got yourself in that position. I'm gonna fall back you got completely. You. Yes, sir. We got you. We got you. <laughs> and so at the point, and then, then they told you to put your hands over your right. Oh. Hold it like this here. And hold your nose, because water up your nose don't work. Okay, so 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 they, you hear the nose and you just went. You were so glad they raised you up, you didn't know what to do. <laughs> you can see people that down under that water. And I, I tell them, I said, hold them on there just a little bit. Yes, sir. So, all of y'all have never been baptized. You didn't hear me say that. So, <laughs> and, and, and they're down there, and you're looking at them, and they're like, Can't be two seconds, but but they down under that water, they know they better not breathe. <laughs> they had to trust. At that point, look, at that point, it's like the son saying, Okay, Father, not my will, but yours. 
If you're going to take me all the way there, he had to go all the way there or his sacrifice would not have been complete. And when he did so, guess what? He had you in mind. He had us in mind. That's why he did it. For the joy that was set before him. He laid down, and when he laid down, and now he's down, and now the truth is, how am I doing? Great, we, good. We got you. Did I gain any weight? No, no, no. Can you lift me up? Wait, wait, saints. While he, while he did that, Some, for all of you that are wrestling with the scientific facts, breath had to leave his body. Heart had to stop beating. And I promise you, if it didn't stop beating before that spirit went up in there, it stopped after that. Because that spirit went up through the cavity, puncturing the heart. And that exploded. That's why the blood and water gushed out. There's a, a medical term for this. When you, when you, it's, it's, it's uh, the, the closest we can describe is a broken heart. So he had to die. Excuse me. When you were, when you were buried in baptism, Paul said, put it back up, sir. When you were buried in baptism, you, you are to identify with his death. His death. Everything in you, everything in your flesh. Where, where's my music? I'm ready. I'm ready for my music now. <laughs> Hello. He's coming. He's coming. So every look, everything, everything about his crucifixion was leading to death. That's why when you read the gospel, the gospel that he suffered and he died. This is so important because in his death, he's not dying because he deserves death. He is innocent of the charges, but he had to, he had to be innocent to take your place. If he would have done what you and I did, he would have disqualified himself from being your sacrifice. And when Paul said, when you are, when you are, when you are baptized, put that scripture back up there, Kenny, that one in Romans, you were buried by baptism into, what does it say? You know, all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been what? Baptized into what? His death. What is it? What does the next phrase say? Isn't there another, wasn't there another scripture? Is there another one after that one? Therefore, we have been what? Through? Into that. So that? Yeah, there it is. So that? The King James says, so that like as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too. Yeah. 
You've got to identify. That's one reason why baptism is so important because it's a complete identification. Your body responds. Your mind, your soul responds to that I am this old man who's constantly upset. I'm putting death to that old man so that the new man in Christ might be raised. Are you there? Thank you, gentlemen. You did real good. I was not, I wasn't scared, wasn't scared at all. Romans chapter 8 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. That's why he said, if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, we will certainly also be like him in the likeness of his resurrection. That's why Romans 6, 4 said it again. Therefore, we all, we have been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk, notice please, walk in newness of life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you in a moment because many of you have, have lost that effervescence, excitement of the new life. Colossians 2.12 says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your heart, of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all your sins having forgiven all, you all your transgressions. He canceled out. He took the certificate that had the list of all the stuff and it was heavenly accurate. He canceled it out. In other words, how do you can't, you rip it up. How do you cancel the debt? You tear it up. You tear up the IOU. That's what God did for you and I. That's why that veil ripped should remind you that that certificate with your name on it. I just, I just sent for my birth, a copy of my original birth certificate. It's got a number on there. The, the number of being that I was at that time in, I know, 1948, October 31st, born to stamp out demons, amen. Thank you, Jesus. I canceled your debt. All the decrees that were against you that were hostile to you and I've taken them out of the way 
And by the way, if you don't believe that, they're still in the way of you receiving all that God wants for you. If those, the things you have done are still heavy on your mind, if you're still weighed down with the guilt of your lifestyle, it just means you haven't received what he's done. For heaven's sake, he has canceled it. Can you believe it? You reading a script about you that's been canceled? You holding a debt that's been paid and you act like you still owe the money, but it's been paid? This is part of what's wrong with the body of Christ right now. And it showed up with COVID. It showed up in our lifestyle. It showed up in our domestic violence. It showed up in suicide. It showed up in divorces. It showed up in, in, in child molestation. Domestic violence. In the body of Christ. And then when it was time to reassemble, only 40% came back. We're still holding that list of, of, of sins, grievances, transgressions, broken promises against ourselves. It's true. I was shocked at that. I was shocked at that film also that gave the statistics about suicide. People can't stand living under that weight. So they just say, I'm going to quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. You hear me today, you might be under that weight. You, that, that certificate may be so heavy on you. Like the veil <laughs> with four inches thick, 30 feet wide, and 60 feet high. You could never transgress. You couldn't go behind it. You couldn't. And God the Father said, let me tell you what I think about this. He just rips it. Later on, I'm going to tell you how not only can you come in, God the Father's coming out to get you. In fact, he's coming to get you right now. He's been after you for a while for you to give up your lifestyle of grief and debt and pain. He's been after you to, to throw it in. It's already been canceled. You, 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 you sitting there guilty the Father. Yeah, for him, he's he looking at you, seeing the glory that he's prepared for you. Seeing the power he wants you to walk in. Seeing the inheritance that he's stored up for you. Can't wait. Heaven, tell your neighbor, heaven is burdened with your inheritance. Why don't you call it? Heaven is holding your inheritance. Why don't you, why don't you receive it? Okay. All right. In Ephesians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul gives us a, a lofty vision. We need to hold it in our hearts. Even when, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with him, with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up 
with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus when that veil was ripped he wanted you to know that you've been raised in fact he gave you a pre a precursor a, a, a prelude the Saints the Old Testament Saints who had never received the Holy Spirit but they believed God he, the Bible says when the when the when the tombs busted open here they come walking in the city can you imagine your uncle Renfro who died 10 years ago come 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 walking by your door some of y'all be going ha, ha, ha. can you imagine the Saints seeing their loved ones and obviously they recognize them, like recognize them. So no matter how much decay, it, that obviously was changed because they probably got resurrected in that new body. And they come walking and say, I can't stay long, but just want you to know, I made it. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And you're looking like, what, 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 what? And so now here we are on the other side of, of the crucifixion and the resurrection, God makes the bodacious statement that if you'll identify with me, you'll walk in my, you'll walk in the calling that I have, you'll walk in the inheritance and its riches, and you will walk in the exceeding greatness of power that I have already supplied you. Stand on your feet. You need to be raised in power. While I was doing this, I, I did a thing on weakness. You, you talk about will mess you up when the Apostle Paul talks about his weak, the weakness of the flesh and how he overcomes the weakness of the flesh by the power of God that's working in him. So he's not bragging about he all that. He's talking about his weaknesses. He said, but you know what? I labored in the power of the Holy Spirit. What God wants to do is display his power working through you in the midst of your weakness. He wants your weaknesses to bow down and his strengths to rise up. By the way, wherever you are weak, you know, there, is, there is a corresponding power waiting to take its place. I said, wherever you are weak, he said, I know I believe God, but wherever you are weak, God wants you, he wants something, he wants weakness to be buried so strength can resurrect. Okay, so be it. In the name of Jesus, those of you that you get that, you receive that, you've been wrestling with, you've been trying to be patient, but you know, you just... You know, you, you, even, you even think about going back to your old lifestyle. I mean, you decide, I ain't grabbing right now. I'm not going to go back, but I sure want to. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you don't want to commit suicide, but, but, you know, you just need some relief. But the problem is that when you get that relief, which is illegal, then the condemnation and the certificate start showing up in front of your face. 
even though God has canceled it out if you just repent. Okay, so I want you to come and I want you to receive prayer. Those of you that need prayer according to, what the, according to this message today. <laughs>